welcome to this episode of Threading Thoughts, where we'll be talking about bicycling and its bigger impact on society. While cycling is good for your heart and muscles, and it may improve how you walk, balance and climb stairs, it is also easier on the pocket for many people. The added benefit of getting a workout while going to work is not lost on many who care about their health. Cycling is also beneficial to the environment with irrefutable evidence of its positive effect on sustainability, building a green cover and improving air quality by not contributing to pollution. The challenge, however, lies in the infrastructure needed to make cycling a larger cause and innovative ideas to paint a greater canvas of societal use for bicycling rather than just for health purposes. Satya Shankaran is a computer science graduate with a post-graduation in public policy. He brings more than 25 years of experience in using technology and data to effect social change. Over the last 13 years as an advocate for sustainable transportation, he has been instrumental in many interventions in urban areas. His solutions and campaigns around behavior change in sustainable transportation are currently a national movement. He is also an adjunct faculty teaching urban governance for master students, a director at the waste management startup Biomen, and the bicycle mayor of Bengaluru. So, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us today at Threading Thoughts, uh, Mr. Satya. It's such a pleasure to have you with us because this is a a very unique concept that we want to talk about, as well as the fact that it's a much needed concept. So um, I think uh, this, the, the time has come, as they say, for some ideas. And uh, it, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that have to be done. So we're just so glad we got you today in the conversation so that we can actually, you know, understand what, in, what it involves, where you see it going towards. So thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I, let me just ask you, you know, um, your aim is to encourage people to cycle um, and especially cycle their way to work, maybe cycle their way to other places as well. So given that India has, has still a lot of roads that need quite a bit of development or other issues that it faces, what are some of the other issues that you face when you say, okay, let's take a bike and go on the road, but it's not that simple. I think it's predominantly cultural. Uh, we have gone so far away uh, from the bicycle that we do not uh, aspire, uh, that it's not an aspirational goal. Bicycling is more of an inferior good when it comes to economic uh, value. And people look at it as something that is regressive, <clears throat> that is a poor man's mode of transport. And anybody who has some money should be outgrowing the bicycle. Right. So we are basically fighting the whole mindset. And that I think is bigger than infrastructure. The mind is our biggest uh, uh, enemy right now. That's beautifully said because uh, I remember when I wanted to cycle to a particular work, maybe this was two to three years back. It was not considered cool. You know, it was considered, why would you need a cycle when you can get a car? You know, the, the concept of uh, going forward in your life is more by these material things. Uh, but given that the mindset, you know, once you address the mindset, what's the next biggest challenge or next biggest challenges that you see when getting cycles on the road? I see that the government's challenges are also there, right? And I, I think it goes back to how people see and how adoption is. So one of the biggest things that we see in provisioning infrastructure also is uh, in the minds of uh, the politicians and the bureaucrats. The, uh, it's the same thing that comes back in. Why should I provision for a, uh, for a mode that nobody might take? 
because if we are aspiring to be a developing nation and we are supposed to be uh, whatever five trillion dollar economy or whatever it is, uh, it is not going to come from me accommodating the bicycle. So that is the prevalent attitude: is that more and more people uh, will in, end up buying the motor vehicles, and hence we are going to be more prosperous. So the attachment of prosperity and GDP and development goals uh, to the motor vehicle. Uh, has become a bigger uh, issue in provisioning infrastructure within the minds of uh, the policy makers as well so i think and it all plays back to mindset but it's a different mindset it's a mindset of budget allocation it's a mindset of prioritization of infrastructure for people who, who might cycle or where we see the bicycle in our uh, world of the future that i think is the key if we see it playing a part and solving problems then i think we can find all these uh, ways to solve this problem absolutely i i think you've said it from both ends right the consumer as well as the service provider in the sense of uh, if if i don't think that is this bigger market or if i don't think that's a priority i will not put in the effort to it um, and if you don't put in the effort obviously there is this uh, even if you get over the mindset you think that the infrastructure is not good enough you might as well give it up right so this is some sort of a wishy washy very difficult situation but uh, given that what kind of resources have been built not only by the people who are cycling or people like you who are forming these networks but also from the government side perhaps what resources have been built to overcome these challenges that is one but more importantly what more do you think can be done i think we have a long way to go if you look at any uh, cultural shift that has happened it has happened either in crisis or over time Right. uh if social norms shift over time they take a long time and uh, you have to have sufficient number of people to tip it to some level of acceptance uh and even then it could remain cultish for a while and then move on to prop, uh, acceptance in a popular uh, realm uh but what uh, enhances and accelerates that is infrastructural provision uh, because infrastructure provision is a very visible signaling process uh by the powers that be to say that i value this more i i i believe that this brings social equity and i believe you should go in this direction so the signaling intent of infrastructure provisioning is uh, a very valuable um, mind shifting thing uh, that that accelerate social change as well so th- i think i think these are two things one is infrastructure provisioning is happening in pockets but they are not sustainable they are not uh, continuous they are not fast enough Uh, right in terms of provisioning right they are very slow they build at very slow rates which are not conducive to massive social acceptance uh, on the other hand uh, uh, on on the network side is where i see more value because the mm-hmm. network uh, effect of uh, society uh, can shift and get it to some some level of acceptance which i'm seeing now is that it is not considered radical in the overton window and it comes down to slightly more acceptable and uh, right you know rational uh, more palatable sort of a sense of correct correct closer to the popular realm is what correct. we are trying to push it no but that's absolutely uh, done and you know what do you think can be done uh, yes you are battling it on multiple fronts but immediately what comes to your mind what can be done as in like here is one off that i can tell you that can be done i i guess, i guess uh, the most important focus for us uh, is obviously on all fronts uh, what can work is bringing all of these things together at uh, at similar times we, we shouldn't ah. try to say 
let's just shoot for one or the other because i have had people fall into this pit of uh, i'll do social only uh, there are people who sit on the policy if if you based on your profession if you're an urban planner or a designer or a or an uh, you know kind of urban uh, person you would prefer to work on the uh, policy side of things right on the planning side of things which is where your expertise lies in your problem if you are on the uh, social aspect if you are on the activist side of things you would prefer to work on the community side of things on the social side of things and help you know work on that angle uh, if you are a little more entrepreneurial you would like to attack it from the business side of things right these are the three pillars of democracy that we have the right. samaj bazar and the sarkar so Uh, the idea is to be able to try all three uh, at at you know in a parallel track uh, while the advocacy moves on the policy side and say you need to build infrastructure you cannot uh, build a bridge based on the number of people swimming across the river uh, that is not the way you uh, look at outcomes right while you do that argument you go to the society and say you cannot wait at the speed at which they are building for example in bangalore if you look at 14000 kilometers inside the bbmp area uh, 2000 arterial roads which are capable of uh, carrying cycle tracks right? right which means that is like 16 to 18% of bangalore uh, right. if, you call, if you if you look at it and that's just the bbmp area the uh, the cmp planning district is 1600 which is double wow. right so in if you look at 16% of bangalore which is 2000 kilometers at 200 kilometers of cycle tracks a year it will take you a decade to cover 16% of bangalore now if you come back and say and and chances are that after the decade you are not living in that 16% you are probably right. living in the rest 80% uh, right so you 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 could wait and say until the infrastructure reaches my doorstep i'm not stepping out which could take decades for you uh, climate change is not going to wait that long Uh, and or on the other hand we could go back and say let's do the track of you getting to your neighborhood locations so let's look at slow streets traffic coming other measures which are faster and get you to do get you to do trips in your neighborhood and not look point at some congested place and say you know it's congested 15 kilometers that side so i'm not going to go 2 kilometers this near way. my small steps this way, you know, saying, right small, small steps. steps yeah get, get the small steps get the local trips get your uh, endurance up and going uh, you know there are ways of doing that on one and the other hand you need a bicycle today there are far more if with with the covid scenario the cargo movement has gone up and passenger movement has come down a little bit so you have to also pivot that and say how can you enable cargo bicycles to come in because uh, those kind of uh, bicycles are today built only to carry you and not anything other than you right Thank you me. don't have a carrier which can even carry tomatoes and potatoes that you buy uh, so we have to start equipping bicycles to have uh, the ability to carry stuff and not just you and that is why you start seeing cycling as an exercise only option Mm. Uh, and not as a utility in the cities right so Correct. you have to have businesses build cargo bikes at an affordable rate today cargo bikes coming from other countries cost 3000 to 4000 4, euros which is uh, nobody can afford that Absolutely. so you have to start building them here locally for these purposes electrify them maybe or you know provide traction which can assist in carrying heavier loads under 200 kilograms so these are so all three angles is where you need to attack and it's not one answer fits all absolutely and if you start working on one and then wait it's not something that we can manage to do sequentially this is something that has to go parallel and uh, quite a push on all three actually it's not going to be one 
works, the other can stall, that, that sort of uh, bandwidth is not available if you really want people to come. And, and I'm not... True, and I'm not saying all of that has to be done by one person or one group. Correct. So I'm not saying if you are a urban planner, I'm not asking you to go and do something on the people side which you're not comfortable with. Or if you're an activist and you're trying to do something, I'm not saying you have to work with the industry to do something. There may be many players. Let's not belittle and say there is only one angle and this is the right way to do it. Right. There are many ways to attack this problem because it will take a decade to get there and we have to encourage as many modes as possible to do. Some will stick, some will not. And we'll figure out. We throw the kitchen sink at it. Some might, you know, go somewhere. You never know. Correct. Exactly. And the, the nice thing about this is you're, you're saying that there are multiple, uh, you know, players in the community who have to be involved. It's not just one profession, one sector, you know, one interest group. Uh, there are just too many people and all of them can contribute. They, they, you know, sometimes we get this very wrong impression that our contribution might not be that valuable. But it's not true. Every small contribution can go in some way, Right. And, uh, 100%, but I just want to be aware that uh, many things we do uh, tend to, and I'm not saying everything you do needs to be uh, continued and sustainable, but look at, look at uh, things that you do that can stay around for a little longer and that can have legs of its own to continue. You know, you can't right. do a program and do it for a month and then say, I'm done uh, and then walk away from it, right? Then you're doing tremendous injustice. Do programs that you say, okay, I'll try and run this for a year. And I'm going to sit down and measure and measure and measure until we see what's coming out of it. It may be wrong, but you can make course corrections, but don't do very small things and walk away. Stay with it for a long time. I did my cycle to work. Everybody said, why don't you just do it as a program for one hour? I said, no, it's going to sustain. It's been running for three years. We have 80,000 plus trips clocked on it. Uh, so you need to build sustainability into certain things which can continue for longer and longer and, and maybe enhance, maybe go around. So you don't do small programs. Not that you shouldn't try it, but if there are people who have tried it, learn and see how can you make it sustain, how can you make it uh, bigger, because impact is not going to come if you do something small and walk away. Right. And this ties beautifully to what I wanted to ask you next was um, sustainability was one. The other one was, you know, the cargo bikes that you're talking about, right? So how do you have a larger role for cycles in public life? Not just for the health aspect. I think that there's just a gamut, I'm sure you can tell me, but... That would be lovely to hear. No, yeah. So, no, no, no. I, I, I am basically, that's what I keep saying, right? I'm an advocate not for uh, uh, exercise alone, right? I mean, I started bicycling because of my personal health. Mm. But cycling is such a tool that you can, it is very useful for you to uh, use in the uh, uh, city as well, right? It's You can't swim to work, but you can definitely bike to work. Right. Uh, so, it's, it's a nice thing that carries over into a city and its form. And it has been shown in multiple cities world over that uh, it can solve a lot of problems. I'll give you a simple example. The relief riders work that we are doing, we tried to uh, deliver supplies to certain people uh, over the last one month. And in just one month, over 700 people uh, delivering more than uh, 2,000 supplies, we have been able to save four and a half tons of carbon dioxide emissions. Oh, wow. um, uh, so this is, it's not one thing anymore, right? We don't, we when we solve problems, we say, okay, let's solve this problem. Let's not worry about the, the, the other goal. I'm saying when you solve a problem, always have the climate change goal uh, uh, alongside uh, this. So I think I think the bicycling today is always considered a exercise tool. When you say I'm going out cycling, they typically think, okay, you're going out to exercise. But nobody ever thinks about saying, so people ask me even now during the lockdown, can I go cycling? I said, to me, it has another connotation. What are you doing with the cycle? Yeah. Then they get confused. They said, no, I'm going out cycling. 
and uh, obviously they are say, they, in their head it is i am going out for my exercise it's an but exercise. in my head it is are you, are you are you buying something are you doing something at the end of the trip uh, that doesn't seem to know i'm just going to the end and coming back i said it's pointless uh, i mean it's good for your health i do that as well i go on the weekend for 100 kilometers and come back and the other thing people end up doing is counting those as carbon credits i cycled 100 kilometers today so tell me how much carbon credits i said no you went there deliberately so you can get better using the cycle this was not a trip you would do in your car you don't say i'll go 100 kilometers in a car and come back and i'll get healthy so stop counting exercise as carbon credits it's not uh, but if you had a chance to do something and you were going to do that in a motor vehicle and instead you chose a, a vehicle instead then it is a saving on a carbon so people end up making these mistakes because cycling is very closely attributed to exercise and not to anything else absolutely uh, so we were just talking about uh, especially in this lockdown right i think there is a lot more clarity on uh, uh, you know this feeling of uh, feel good of carbon credits is not really true just because you took the cycle as an exercise machine but did you replace the actual carbon footprint that you might have used uh, if you had taken a car i mean i think that is a critical question and sometimes it's a, i think it's a very clarifying uh, answer as well because now it's a little more clear on what it is that i am trying to contribute rather than me taking a cycle for myself but also you know what is really fascinating is during this lockdown you've actually used these cycles to a very bigger purpose uh, and a critical purpose as well so going forward that is something that can also be brought in under various things because as you said it's not just cycling it's cycling for a particular cause or towards a particular goal Uh, so can you explain a little about what happened during the pandemic and how this is just taken off uh, on its own actually well, i guess uh, it was because we started actually it started out by chance because uh, when last year in march 20 march 2020 when the first lockdown happened somebody on twitter said what are the cyclists of bangalore doing i i didn't take the sarcasm if there was it i took it very seriously and said oh yeah why don't we do something so maybe there was i don't know what it was but uh, i just called up uh, some of my cycle to work colleagues and said uh, shall we do something why don't we um, you know uh, ferry uh, supplies to the elderly uh, and that's how it started we started with six people and, and uh, of course people were just gleeful because i gave them a nice purpose to get out on their bicycles which is beyond exercise so they just wanted to cycle out anyway so there was the selfish motive that okay we'll have to get out on a bicycle but i said we are going to do it for a purpose we are not going to go out there and do some exercise right, right? Uh, it's it's not safe to do that and it's irresponsible to try doing something like that so why don't we do something responsible instead why don't we help people and uh, that's when it came out um, about 200 250 sorties we did uh, in two months about 80 people we ended up with it was a nice community we built a few of them dropped off and some of them stayed back and when the second wave hit uh in fact on 26th was supposed to be the lockdown 25th evening somebody already did a sortie because 25th morning we were talking about it and we said we have to restart tomorrow is the lockdown and somebody in the evening said i delivered something to the uh, to the people nearby i was like okay hold on let's get started really you know we're not so really we so started far, we hadn't even started I, i was just asking for okay whose number do i put on the poster and i right we were going there and we were still having it okay i need show of hands who who's going to go on the poster i had it last time you were there you were there who's going to go on it and the guy comes back and somebody comes back and posts there and says i already did a sortie i said hold on we're getting the numbers out <laughs> so it was so like uh, it was so natural that everybody were immediately lockdown comes they were already looking for the relief riders uh, over here and then it took off like crazy and we are at 260 people now 
in Bangalore alone. And uh, we are at 12 cities with around 720 people. And we are adding three more uh, over the coming days. So we'll be at 15 cities with around 750 uh, relief riders. To me, uh, I haven't known of so many cyclists. Of course, anything in India you do, you, you can get volume, right? I mean, if you get enough people, you will always have enough people. Uh, it shows, you know, we vaccinated two times the US and we're still not done halfway. Exactly. So, but, but it is also a positive thing is that this is the largest number of cyclists, in my view, have come together and done it consistently for two years in a row. And in this pandemic, having 700 plus people delivering continuously and saving around four tons of carbon dioxide emissions is a massive effort in my view. And it also is a testament to the cycling community which comes out and says, I am not in it only for the exercise. I know and I understand the value of this tool in the city and I'm willing to stand by and make that, make that count. And I'm also willing to tell this story to the others. We are not idly standing by when the nation needs us. So my catchphrase itself was last time we had this tagline called we carry supplies, not the virus. Oh. And that, <clears throat> so, so it, was, it was more to uh, engage ourselves the messaging. Uh, we wanted to reassure ourselves that we are here to carry the supplies. We won't carry the virus, which means if my tagline is that I can't infect others, so I start being more careful. Exactly. Right. And this year we changed that to saying we are a part of the solution, not the problem. So the 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 so again it was to say that the cycle is viewed as a problem in the cities. You know, get out of my way. You are very slow. People haunt right. us out. You know, the respect is not there. Uh, but today we are showing that. We are a part of the solution and it's also an external messaging saying that for you also it's the same message when you step out if you think you're going to be a part of the problem don't do that mm. uh, so it was going both ways as a, as a messaging thing so, this, so here is right? here is where we are and it's completely organically grown right it's just grown organically over absolutely and and, and the whole team is just running it doesn't it doesn't say uh it, it doesn't say uh, it's 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 not run by one person in all of the cities uh, especially after a while, you have we have a volunteer back office with nine people who are running this whole sh nine to 15, I think it's now twelve or something, and we have um, uh, people stepping up and doing uh, so many other things and coming back. But we all follow a nice process, and the goal is very clear. We are here to save lives. We are here to help elderly. We are here to help COVID. So we don't go all over the place. Uh, that we are able to bring back. The goal is focused. The statement is focused. Now we are able to, in fact, we have built organically tools. The volunteers uh, got together and built tools and technologies, which is now helping create livelihoods uh, in rural areas. So we are in talks with uh, a nonprofit, which is working on bringing livelihoods to rural areas. In cities, we can afford to volunteer, but maybe not in the rural areas. Right, people absolutely. have gone back. So Correct. This, this tool and the process and the methodology of logistics that we have is now helping those people as well. So we've given it away free. We said, please, let's just do it. Let's help people. And it's fascinating because I think you've also somehow instilled some, as you correctly said, you know, uh, you, you are part of the solution, not the problem. You know, you're only helping with supplies, not the virus. It's very true because a lot of cyclists, uh, perhaps because they don't have a way to cycle, right? The path, they're always in between other traffic and you know, the, the, the flexibility of the cycle because I'm a cyclist myself, I love cycling. I've always used to cycle to uh, my school, my college, everywhere. Of course, now it, it no longer affords me that which I should get back into. But the thing is that 
uh, you know, this work, the, the flexibility of movement allows them to be come, uh, sometimes uh, very irrational with their decisions. So this sort of tells them that, you know, you, you need to take that responsibility for what you're doing, which is phenomenal because that self-discipline is sort of quoted into the, the work that they're doing, which is not available if you're doing it for an exercise. You just don't care, right? So that that is a, I think it's a very lovely touch to say that, you know, while we're helping, let's be a little careful ourselves. Um, and hopefully, you know, if parks and places are built for them, this, this uh, problem of people trying to push them off the roads will come down less, you know, and you'll get more. I, I, think, I think so. I think it's a, it's a infrastructure is a very important point. There is no getting away from this. Whether it is slow streets or whether it is really dedicated paths or whatever it is, we in the commons have uh, given away space to more powerful vehicles which have created an imbalance in the commons, right? It has created a lot of negative externalities. It has caused congestion, it has caused pollution, and it has caused inequity on the streets. There is less space for public transport. But there is less space for walking, there's less space for cycling. So when that happens, it is a clear market failure. Uh, it, it requires the state to step, step in and say, the state cannot now come and say that I need to see enough cyclists. That doesn't matter. I need to see enough people walking. It doesn't matter. The minute you have a single type of mode uh, cornering the commons, uh, you have to step in and put equality. It's like an affirmative action. Uh, infrastructure for cycling, walking, and public transport is affirmative action. If you can Absolutely. do that for human humanity in in life, you have to do it for humanity on the roads. Right. I think it is not anymore a luxury of saying I want to see demanded. This is not a market-driven force anymore. Uh, you can't have uh, what kind of a market are you expecting for walking? Everybody walks. You park the car on the other side and you cross the road, you're walking. Right. So you cannot come and say, I want the shoe company lobby to come and tell me yeah. I need uh, more people on this. No, that's not how it works. You can't have lobbies for uh, uh, an uh, inequitable scenario. Uh, what you need is to say, I'm going to equalize. And that comes in infrastructure. So the argument that the people, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the decision makers put forth that we need enough is untenable. It might be uh, for you to be able to convince your population, but for your rational decision making under the constitution, you don't need it. It is affirmative action. You should be doing it right now. Correct. In fact, I see it in a different way. So there are two ways to do a thing. You get the demand and therefore you do it. Or you create the demand for it, right? I mean, once you create these pathways, when you look at a good pathway, most probably people will anyway automatically go on to it. So there are always way you can do it. You don't need to wait for... It is called yeah. I think it is called induced demand. It is called the law of induced demand. Exactly. It works everywhere. So exactly. you, you, cannot, you cannot always work on the supply. Supply is not infinite, right? Absolutely. You can have, uh, it's, it's very well proven uh, that if you, even if you put 21 lanes, the cars are uh, choking the place anyway. Yeah, so, so supply is finite. How much of efficiencies, it's, 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 uh, it's a very rational thought. You look at it. Uh, maximizing... Uh, the benefits of the supply is in everybody's interest. Uh, acceding, ex uh, uh, you know, space to give more and more supplies to a demand which is unreasonable is not any kind of market economics that you would buy. Even, even uh, the most right-wing thinking person should come back and say supply is not infinite. We have to, if you put X amount of money into road space, I have to get maximum value out of that. 
because right. it's infrastructure so by providing more space for cars and inefficient vehicles you are not getting value out of it so it has been it is in 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 people's mind they, the argument is no 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 giving more supply to a market force means i am you know uh, i am more capitalist you are not yes. your conservative values is whatever you take as an infrastructure i need to maximize that and hence putting affirmative action and getting more efficiencies out of that is the right thing for you to do even on the uh, it's not a liberal value it is the right wing value so we should it always exactly. people think that they are the cookie left wing conspiracy it is not it, it is it is efficiencies on the road space is an extremely conservative uh, thing and a critical one at that so it is. it's not something that can be substituted uh, nor ignored so i think it's been ignored long enough but uh, i'm just going to throw something at you what about electrical vehicles you know do you think that uh, that might be a, a an easier alternative people will choose over bicycles and what are your thoughts of course no of course naturally they will i'm not denying that and uh, people value uh people basically are valuing it differently what they are saying is i am only going to do x amount of effort and uh, i am paying for some other instrument to do my effort right it could be a motor vehicle or some fossil fuel or electrical driven vehicle my ability to pay uh is proportional to how much some somebody else is doing the effort so if i am cycling it happens in the public bicycle sharing also so when yes. you have them cycle they say i will only give 5 rupees but when you have put an electric motor into it says okay 5 rupees per 5 minutes also is okay with me so they end up earning six times more on that so the market forces is leaning towards electrical vehicles it is not necessarily all that environment friendly it is definitely more sustainable than a fossil fuel vehicle mm-hmm. right now and we still have problems of battery and all that but i do work on the uh, electric vehicle stuff also especially right. the small form factors right in the small form factor so we i believe that it is a very useful thing for a lot of cities uh, especially if you even in my own city on the west of bangalore the terrain is unforgivable right and if you want people to not go and use more fossil fuel vehicles i need to move them over to electric powered vehicles but uh, again the cars and electric cars are not extremely uh, friendly because after a certain size of electric batteries it starts becoming more and more inefficient right. uh, inefficient so keeping it to small form factors is always more beneficial so i believe that the micro mobility modes and electric assisted bicycles and smaller form factors are more suitable for our congested cities than large uh, electrified vehicles electric vehicles themselves uh, thank you so much satya this has been absolutely uh, very interesting and i think it's time people also started talking about this quite a bit um, especially at least biking to work or biking to do your work uh, it should not no longer be a taboo or um, you know should should not raise eyebrows anymore is what we are hoping yeah. this should this should become part of our natural uh, mode of transport let me put it that way so and it's been fascinating to hear how these bikes have actually built up to uh, much more diverse purposes a larger purposes perhaps and uh, gone nationally not just in small pockets but you know the the need is seen throughout so it's been fascinating talking to you and it's been very nice to have you with us so i i can only say thank you very much it's a pleasure talking to you mrudula thanks for having me over hope it was helpful absolutely thank you so much